Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of Beauty in the Brain. We're so excited that you uh, chose to listen to us today. We are the podcast that talks about all things aesthetics. I'm Dr. Chris Crowley, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Jerry Drinker, the family nurse practitioner. Today we're going to be talking about some exciting things including liquid gold. So everybody wants to know like what is PRP? Yeah, we get that question a lot. And actually that was a question that was submitted through one of our groups to talk about is what is PRP? Do you want to uh, uh, tell our listeners what are we going to be talking about today. So PRP is platelet-rich plasma, and it's a, it's derived from your own blood. So a lot of patients don't know how we get PRP or how the PRP is processed. In our clinic, we draw blood from a patient, whether a 60cc draw, a 90cc draw, and we spin this blood. We separate the red blood cells out from the plasma, and then we respin the plasma so that we get a dual spin on it and we get the most clear form of platelet-rich plasma, plasma that we can get. And then we constant reconstitute it down to whatever we may need, and then we inject it, depending on what area we need, what we're treating. So it can be used for a lot of stuff. You wanna dive into that a little bit? Sure, I'm happy to. So we can inject PRP all over the body. So we're gonna be focusing today mostly on facial aesthetics and talking about what we can do for improvement of uh, you know anti-aging features on the face, but we really can inject it all over. We can inject PRP for uh, hair rejuvenation. We can inject it into the uh, penis for erectile dysfunction, into the vagina for um, some uh, painful intercourse, stress incontinence. Other specialties are using it for uh, joint discomfort, joint pain, wound healing. So really it's a, a regenerative therapy that uses your own plasma in, in a variety of ways to kind of harvest those growth factors and stimulate wound healing. And we're using it in aesthetics in a way that we kind of tricked the body into thinking there was a wound where there wasn't one. And in the process of healing that, we're going to stimulate a lot of uh, collagen formation. Right. Probably some of the most recent and the most popular um, PRP treatments that that people recognize by name is the vampire facial or vampire facelift. And so you wanna talk a little bit about the difference in that because a lot of people may not know um, know what it is or what, what it's the purpose it serves. Sure, and we've got that question a couple of times through our uh, social media channels. So the vampire procedures are procedures that are kind of trademarked that they were invented by Dr. Charles Runnels. And uh, that's uh, who we originally trained with many years ago and still do those uh, procedures to this day. And so he was really kind of, um, you know, a, a visionary um, or a pioneer in, in this arena when he started using this PRP for uh, different things. In the beginning, it was used just for joint uh, treatments, joint therapies. And um, he started using it for collagen stimulation and um, some anti-aging treatments in the face. And when we talk to patients about vampire facials, we're really using this in a way that we're combining just PRP alone with some sort of needling device. So we're doing a micro needling and we're putting PRP on with that. Maybe we're using it with some sort of hyaluronic acid like topically or some sort of uh, serum, but we're really not injecting it in any fashion. When we talk about a vampire facelift, what's different in that and the facial? The facelift is when we're combining the PRP with a hyaluronic acid uh, filler. And so we're injecting 
using the filler in very specific points to create a lift. And so as we age, we know that kind of the fat pad shift in the face, we lose fat in certain areas, it moves to other areas. And so we're going back with the filler and kind of replacing that volume and uh, at very specific points. And then we're going in after that and injecting the PRP in addition to that to stimulate collagen. So we're putting a filler in initially to give you the immediate result and we're using the PRP to kind of like generate more collagen and give you a sustained result. You know, we've, we've talked on previous episodes about um, the dangers of injecting some of the HA fillers, hyaluronic acid fillers. And so with the PRP, we don't, we don't face some of those dangers as far as the vascular occlusions. So do you view it as a safer treatment option for patients? Yeah, I do think it's a safer treatment option. I think it's a myth to think that you can uh, perform PRP or PRF treatments and not have any risk of vascular occlusion. But I think that it's small in comparison to hyaluronic acid fillers. Well, it's, uh, I think the, the occlusions are different with uh, PRP. You can have a compression occlusion. So if you put enough PRP in any particular area, you do run the risk of having that compression occlusion. But it's very rare because if we inject into a, into a vessel, we're basically putting blood back where, or plasma back where it came from. So I think it's certainly a safer treatment option. For, for me, myself, I've had both HA filler in my tear troughs, for instance, and I've had PRP. And um, PRP is certainly my, my go-to option from, from this point forward due to a complication that we had. And I trust Chris to the nth degree. And I had he trusts a, me, but he's calling me out on the podcast that I was the one that injected his tear trough he filler. Did inject my tear and trough. I did block some lymphatics uh, inadvertently in the and lateral he did portion it with with a blunt tip cannula. Yeah, and so I mean, we took all of the safety precautions that we should have that we could have taken, and I still ran into a, a complication that we probably wouldn't have had had we used PRP to start with. But I just wanted some, I was. In my mind, I wanted to be a little more aggressive. As far as the the PRP, what about PRF? That's also something that's out there now. Yeah, that's We've a, gotten some questions about the difference in the two. Yeah, it's a, it's a really hot topic in aesthetics. And so PRP is platelet-rich plasma. PRF is platelet-rich fibrin. Platelet-rich uh, fibrin's also been around for a really long time. So with PRP, to collect that and process it and um, administer it to the patient, we usually have some kind of uh, blood thinner in that. It's something that keeps it from clotting or forming a clot so we can re-inject that. That does cause a little bit of burning from the patient perspective. So if they're receiving this procedure, it may sting a little bit. Um, with PRF, we're not putting any sort of preservative or anticoagulant or anything in the product. It's just the blood. It's actually processed and being uh, uh, spun in the centrifuge at a lower speed than we're doing with the PRP. And the idea is that by not putting an anticoagulant in that, that um, it will form more of like a gel-like or a clot-like once it's injected. And that will give you a slow release of growth factors over uh, you know, several days or weeks compared to more of the immediate release of growth factors that we'll get from some of the PRP that we inject. You know, there's not a lot of uh, hard science that shows that one is superior to the other. And uh, in fact, a lot of the science around PRP is heavily debated. So I can tell you anecdotally, our patients are very happy with their results. We have high patient satisfaction, low risk for these procedures. And definitely when we look at uh, before and afters, we can see improvement in things such as their uh, wrinkle severity score, their uh, you know skin pigment, skin tone. Those things will improve over time. And we don't see a difference in that really with the, the 
between PRP and PRF. But the idea with PRF is that we're going to inject something that's going to stay there for a bit and then dissolve over a slow period of time. We are fortunate. We have both capability doing both in our practice. So we have a number of different PRP and uh, uh, PRF systems in our office. Um, we do a ton of uh, trainings, and so we want to be uh, up to date and familiar with all the uh, different devices are, that are out there. So you don't necessarily need uh, all the devices in your office or in your practice, but just kind of educate yourself on the differences between the two. If you're an injector, I think one of the uh, biggest things uh, that, that's different between the two is you have to be prepared to inject the PRF relatively quickly because if we process that and we're not ready to inject right away, it will form a clot or a, a too thick of a gel in the vial and we won't be able to re-inject that. And I think as a from a patient standpoint that it's important to for patient education to let that patient know that there is going to be a period, you and I have always kind of referred to it as buyer's remorse because, you know, there's a period two to three weeks in that you basically go back to your baseline. You don't look like you've really had anything done. You know, we are talking about patient satisfaction and I think the patients are satisfied as long as they know that, you know, it's going to take a bit to see their results. And so as far as we talked about the safety, but what patients would you not consider doing PRP or PRF in? Yeah, so we have to really take precautions with patients that have any kind of uh, blood abnormalities. So if they have any kind of clotting disorder, any kind of platelet dysfunction, or uh, you know any sort of um, malignancy, um, especially any kind of the blood things, so it's uh, leukemias, um, CML, AML, all those sorts of things, we would take into consideration before we would inject or, or draw and process uh, their PRP. Um, you know, other than that, it's a broad range of patients this is really safe for. Um, but safety is one thing, results is another. And so because we're depending on the body's ability to really produce collagen and to improve these results, if we have somebody that has a really kind of poor lifestyle habits, such as smokers, they're probably not gonna respond as aggressively to PRP. And so I'd really wanna to talk to them about smoking cessation prior to undergoing this therapy to optimize their results. So we talked about a, a, several different ways that it can be used for facial aesthetics, but there are also other treatment options that we can do with PRP or PRF and other parts of the body. So during COVID, we saw a lot of um, post-COVID patients with hair loss. We treat a lot of perimenopausal, postmenopausal women that have hair loss. So, a lot of males that are on testosterone therapy that have hair loss or just genetic hair thinning. So um, that's another option for treatment as far as hair loss. How do you recommend doing the, the plasma for that? Would you recommend PRP, PRF, combination? Yeah, so we've really had great uh, success in our practice with PRP. We use a double spin system, which is a type of system that uh, you know, processes this blood that we draw, uh, it spins it twice. So the first spin, we kind of get rid of the red blood cells and some of the things that are really inflammatory. And then the second time we process it, it really helps separate out those growth factors from the plasma portion that really doesn't have a lot of the growth factors, because that's really what we're going for. It's this area that the platelets live. It's right at this place called the Buffy coat, and that's right between the red blood cells and the uh, plasma when we spin it. So we have had really good success with using this double spin system. Uh, now I know there's a lot of reports out there and a lot of really successful practices that use PRF in those areas, and I think it's a, an acceptable alternative. It's not our go-to in our practice, so uh, we use the double spin PRP a lot for hair therapies. 
I know you have like a huge passion for PDO threads and almost every PDO thread lift that you do, um, you combine the, the use of PRP with it. And I've heard you refer to it as being almost like a fertilizer for the for your threads. And um, as far as like hair growth and hair treatment, the that's one of the combination treatments that we do commonly in practice is using PRP. What are some other areas that, that, that you may combine PRP with for enhanced results? I really do love combining OPDO threads. And so we are using two different modes of biosimulation to really kind of create collagen. Um, in addition to hair, one of my favorite areas to treat with this combo therapy is in the tear trial for the uh, periorbital region because when we treat around the eyes um, with filler, we can get an instant result. People love the fact that we can pop a filler in the tear trough region and get a really quick plumping effect, but there's a lot of side effects associated with that. So what looks good on Instagram for your immediate before and after may not look good a couple of weeks later. And um, I, I talk about this in, in a lot of the classes that I teach, and it's really interesting the different uh, texts that I receive pretty commonly from providers that have decided to go ahead and put an HA filler because they felt pressure from the patient into the tear trough region. And then a few weeks later, they're having irregular lumps, bumps, they're having some swelling, edema, or bluish discoloration. And uh, we just don't see that with PRP. That is a, it's a slower process. And so it is gonna take months to see the results. So for me, when I'm talking to patients, I do talk to them a little bit about, uh, you know, what you said about buyer's remorse. I tell them it's gonna look great. We may even over-volumize. It may look a little swollen or puffy for the next few days. And then it's gonna go away because we have to kind of keep in mind that uh, plasma is mostly water. And so we're trying to get these little growth factors out of this uh, you know, thing that has mostly water in it. And that's absorbed by our body over the few days after we inject it. And those growth factors are left behind to stimulate collagen growth. And so in that period where the water's absorbed and goes away and the growth factors are kind of doing their job behind the scenes, we don't really see anything. And so the patients are gonna look a week or two later and think, did I really have a result? And I know you've heard this, I've heard this, we talk about it and we've seen this happen now over you know, nearly uh, you know, eight or to 10 years, somewhere in that range is how long we've been doing this therapy that uh, patients will kind of forget about having it done. They'll almost think it wasn't effective. And then they end up going somewhere and seeing someone they haven't seen in a while, you know, three to six months later after the treatment. And they ask them, have you changed makeup brands? Have you been on vacation? You look rested, you look great. And uh, then they think back to the conversation and they realize that that's about the time frame they're starting to see um, results. And so I know that happened for me personally. It was one of the favorite things I did for uh, my tear trough region. But at that time, we were using a different system, a single spin system, and we recommended three treatments one month apart. Do you want to uh, just uh, talk a little bit about how our treatments have evolved over time and what we're doing different now with a, uh, with a, a better preparation system? Like you mentioned, we were initially in a um, single, using a single spin system. And now we've had several dual spin systems and most recently, um, using a, a M-Site system that's a dual spin and we get a we get a very clear, very clean um, plasma suspension. And so that's where the whole term liquid gold comes from. So many of you may even see, I think it's the title of this podcast, it even is the liquid gold and that's where the name comes from. It does look to be just a, a liquid gold. And so, um, you know, a lot of times if you don't have a suspension that's, um, that's clear, then you've accidentally gotten too many red blood cells in there and you need to address like, why are you getting this? Are you using the right system? 
um, was your preparation done correctly because injecting those red blood cells will cause some discomfort to patients that they won't get with a, with a good clear spin. So yeah, I mean, it's a little bit uncomfortable then for sure. It definitely causes, and it does cause a little bit more inflammation. And so in addition to the discomfort inflammation, it's gonna look like we've injected a bruise because those red blood cells, you'll actually see them a little bit. And uh, some of this may be beneficial for some areas. So, I mean, for patients have had this or providers are listening and they were trained to get a few red blood cells in there, you know, that's, it may have its place in some of the chronic pain patients, joint injections, et cetera, but we really don't consider that desirable in uh, aesthetics. We try to get as many of the red blood cells out as possible. And so that's kind of why, uh, one of the things that pushed us to switching to the systems that we use now is to minimize the chance of that. Um, we've had a lot of success in our practice with this outside of just facial aesthetics and a few other areas. Um, and we'll have entire episodes on those areas, but why don't you just touch base briefly on where else we can use PRP? So um, probably some of our most common treatments are um, PRP for erectile dysfunction or for sexual dysfunction in, um, in the female population. So we do the P-Shot for guys and we've um, trademarked the procedure, the Performance P-Wave, which combines a sound wave therapy with a plasma um, therapy as well. Can and I just the, stop you there just a minute? Because I mean, that's something that we're like really both, uh, you know, proud of that, that we worked a long time on that. I thought you were about and, to scold me about something. I'm like, yes, you can stop me. <laughs> no, I mean, it's something that we took a long time to develop. And we did use uh, research from a lot of different areas and a lot of different fields of medicine to really kind of come up with this. And it's not that uh, you can't find other things out there similar to it, but we were the ones that developed the performance P-Wave. So we developed it at our clinic at Skin and Tonic here in Pace and combined it with the P-Shot that we learned from Dr. Runnels years ago. And so... I'm, I'm very proud of it. We saw that it was there was such a need and there was such a desire for improved performance. And so it was not necessarily based on erectile dysfunction, but rather performance improvement. And so we, um, and I think that's the reason our patient population isn't strictly an erectile dysfunction population with our male sexual health. It's younger guys that just want to be better. They just want to be bigger. They want to be harder. They want to last longer. They want to have more intense orgasms. They want to be more sensitive. And so all of those things are the are things that really enhance a, a sexual aspect of a person's life. And that's such a big part of what we are as people. And so um, in leading from that, you know, we have the Vagicadabra, which is our female um, sexual health platform that we've trademarked recently. And for that, we have, you know, plasma um, therapies also that we can do for um, vaginal moisture for um, vaginal dryness that's very common with these people going through hormone changes or for painful intercourse and you know we've got the guys now that we're treating on the other side of the hall and they're staying hard older and longer and you've got the ladies having painful intercourse so we had to do something for them so we've got um you know it helps with the stress incontinence it helps with painful intercourse it helps with vaginal um, dryness and so all of those things are things that are done with prp and they're relatively simple treatments they're painless um you know you're in and out there's basically no downtime and so i think it's just something that people don't realize that's available out there that can be done with your own blood you know and as yeah. simple as an hour visit you're done
Yeah, so it's a, I mean, I think that's the, the great thing about it and why I even wanted to bring it up on this particular podcast is to show that it is used throughout the body for a variety of conditions and it is very safe. So we can use it in all those areas with very, very little risk of side effects. Um, you know, definitely screening patients for appropriateness is, you have to do that. There's no way around it. So it's not something you can just come in and order off a menu and get. So we've got to make sure that it's, uh, you know, appropriate and that the conditions we're trying to treat um, are actually appropriate for this type of therapy, but the, the treatment itself is very low risk. So for facial aesthetics, uh, it's one of the things that we have incorporated in our practice almost from the very beginning. It was one of the first devices that we received. And in terms of combining it with therapies, we, we talked a little bit about combining it with uh, you know, PDO threads, combining it with filler for the vampire facelift. But it's something that uh, we also combine a lot with our laser therapies. Uh, do you want to talk about the benefits of that? Yeah, it just it promotes healing. You know, it's um, it decreases downtime. We have um, we have some ablative lasers and some that are, are not ablative, but they're still downtime associated. And so, the um, the use of PRP and the the combination of those therapies really makes a big change, a big difference in um, in that heal time. And it can cut heal time in half with some of the lasers. So, um, you know, so one of the things that you you mentioned briefly about um, an inflammatory process, and so that's one of the, you know, post-care treatments or post-care instructions that we give patients is to be careful about taking anti-inflammatories. And so outside of, you know, trying, because it's all based off of this inflammatory process that we don't want to to stop with the medication. So. You know, if it's a treatment that you're interested in, um, certainly we'll bring you in and do a consultation prior to. Um, be sure that you're not on medications that may inhibit the process because we want pay our patients to have the best results. Yeah. So if you're a patient out there looking to um, have a PRP treatment or any of the vampire procedures or PRF procedures that you may have uh, read about, what, would, what advice would you give them when selecting a provider? One of the first things I would say is you can go on uh, the vampire site and you can find a locator. You can put a patient in, a provider, find a provider that's certified. Um, I personally would want a, a provider that used a dual spin system just because of the quality of the um, the PRP that's going to be used. And I'd, I'd want a reputable injector, someone that I trusted and someone that was going to stay with me through the process. Okay. Yeah, I think those are good good points. Um, uh, certainly, you can go on the P Shot, O Shot, Vampire, uh, Facelift, all of those sites to find um, providers who have been trained in that particular method. If a provider is not using those methods, that obviously doesn't mean that they're not doing things correctly. Maybe they're just not paying the trademark fee. So there's a lot of other things you can do with PRP and PRF um, without those um, uh, you know trademark names. I think I would ask some of the similar uh, questions that you mentioned, like what type of system are you using? Is it dual spin? Is it single spin? how many treatments am I expected to, uh, you know, have. So I can tell you for, uh, if you don't know the difference, a single spin means it's spinning it once and separating it. You may not get as many uh, growth factors or platelets uh, in the final concentration. And for that, we used it for a long time with great results, but we usually set patients up for a series of treatments. So they have to come in for, you know, two or three treatments and we're seeing similar results with one or two. So we're shaving off some of the treatments uh, by using a dual spin system. So I, I kind of like that uh, system better myself. So I would ask that information and ask their 
their, you know, training, their credentials. And I would want to make sure that but regardless of what they're using, whether it's a PRF, dual spin, single spin, make sure they're uh, using a system that is FDA um, cleared for that particular purpose. So these procedures aren't FDA cleared, but you want to make sure that they're using a system and a collecting uh, device that is approved for this type of use to minimize the chance of any kind of infection um, or infectious complications that you would have from this procedure, because it is, it is very safe. I think it's something that, um, that most people benefit from and that we all need PRP somewhere, yeah. right? You didn't mention when we were talking about the female sexual health is that it's an impact really on improved orgasm. Why don't you tell the story that uh, that you <laughs> had a patient that... We had a patient and she had, had difficulty achieving orgasms and so she came in for treatment. We did her consultation. We completed her treatment and we got a call from her, you know, shortly after leaving and she had her first orgasm when she hit the speed bump leaving in the parking lot. So we had like... She's a satisfied customer. She, she'll be back. So it's a, like I said, it's a treatment that we can all benefit from. I'm sure she was happy, her husband was happy, and or whoever she went to after she left the parking lot was happy. So thank you guys very much for tuning in this week to another episode of Beauty and the Brain. We hope you've learned a lot about PRP, PRF, what are the differences and why you would use one over the other. And we look forward to seeing you next week. Music